This is the Calm and Chaos Podcast. I'm Thomas. I'm Jaden. And I'm Matt. We're just a couple of everyday guys trying to become better versions of ourselves. Welcome to our conversation. This the world is chaos. Show or feel no nervousness, anger, or other strong emotion. Complete disorder or confusion. We're not only training our, you know, our defensive mindsets. We're also working, you know, in our spiritual lives and trying to make ourselves better human beings. Welcome back to the Comic Chaos Podcast, episode 51. If you are hearing this the day that it comes out, today is your last day to purchase a hoodie to send some kids to camp. You know what I just realized? What? I didn't say the episode number in the intro. <laughs> it's fine. But today is your last day to purchase a hoodie to send a kid to camp, so please go to thecalmandchaosproject.com, purchase a hoodie, send a kid to camp, help us get those kids to camp. It's really exciting. We've uh, sold a bunch of hoodies already, and we're sending a bunch of kids to camp. So join us in this. It's going to be really cool. So let's get on with the episode. Today, we are going to be talking about fasting. fasting. <laughs> I like that. That was kind of cool. <laughs> um, recently, the church that we are at did 21 Days of Prayer. It's a thing that Church of the Highlands does down in Alabama, and they a bunch of churches like tune in online and join in with it and during these 21 days you fast and me and matt partook in the fast and we just have some cool things to talk about now i will say when we as starting this episode i am already disappointed in myself for not going harder with this fast i didn't do a single day all water and i didn't fast every day i did I tried to do 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. at first, and then that didn't make any sense because I was waking up at like 8.30, 9 o'clock, and missed half my time already. Um, and then I tried to do a 12 to 12. That worked a lot better, and I did a couple days of 12 to 12. Um, but Matt, you made it three days just water. Yeah. Discipline. I, I know I was I we were talking about it today I am disappointed in myself and I wish I would have gone harder and tried harder yeah it was cool I just the the thing is with um we'll get into this later on too but the first day is the absolute hardest because your body's thrown for a serious loop and you're not used to going without any food but after your body um, starts to get used to, so I guess around like day two, your body starts to get used to not having food. You start to not develop as serious cravings. Um, and I think your body probably just starts to eat a lot of your fat. <laughs> so it's um, a good thing. Right, right. And all the nasty stuff in, uh, I don't know, your organs and digestive system and whatnot. But it was kind of neat too, because a, a lot of folks too, at the end of their fast, um, I was reading about drink these concoctions of lemon juice and stuff just to completely flush themselves out it's really cool um lemon juice and himalayan salt oh and water yeah which would be nasty goods not well yeah kind of but it's actually i did that for a while really yeah um there was a whenever i first moved out of my parents house like every morning for a couple weeks Hmm. i would make you feel better it seemed to i don't don't know It, it it did help like just like the the overall like start the day out a little better it does it, i think it does help flush your system out it probably does something physically but i think it does something um in your head too just knowing that my body wasn't running on any fuel mm-hmm. other, other than the spiritual food yeah yeah just knowing that there's nothing in my body in my body i mean i was drinking a ton of water and going to the bathroom constantly <laughs> But just, That's just a normal day for me. <laughs> but <laughs> but just, just knowing that there's nothing in your system and you're being completely flushed clean 
So your it's almost like a hard reset on your internal organs. It's kind of neat too, not just inside of the mental sense, but on the physical sense too, um, which I think is probably a piece of what plays into it. Like I said, we'll probably get into it a little bit deeper later on, but um, a restart, a cleanse, and just getting away from the average status quo that we do every single day, I think is one of the most important parts with a fast too, because we do the same things day in and day out. I mean, obviously like my job's different and every day's different, but we get into routines whenever we're hungry or eat or whenever we're hungry, we eat. And whenever you break up that routine and you break up that monotony, it opens up the door um, to, I don't know how I word this, but it opens up the door for new things just because you're not just stuck. And I think whenever you do open up that door, um, it gives you an opportunity to start to reflect on why I was doing some of the things I was doing and just aid in overall mindfulness mm-hmm. is, is what I think is really helpful. So the there's biblical fasting and then there's like just historical fasting overall. Kind of what you played into the ancient Egyptians, they would fast for 30 days every year. And they believe that it strengthened their self-control and helped them control temptation. Yeah, it's crazy. It really is. That's what um, there were a lot of folks that told me, like, with your job, you're managing people's money. You can't you can't fast because you need to be on your A game so you don't make a mistake. But it's not really the case. Um, I'd say especially after you get past day one and probably half of day two, at least for me personally, it's a lot more of a focus than a distraction too. Um, because you're locked in, you're tuned in, you're in survival mode in a sense, because your body is no longer running off of food. You're running, it it goes in almost like hibernation, which would be a really interesting thing to study in line with like a fast would be like, yeah, hibernation with animals. Wouldn't that be cool? I'm I'm confused as to what dots you're connecting. Well, what, what I'm saying is like your body goes into survival mode in slow down mode. Because okay. you're no long, you don't, you no longer have that fuel in your system, so you're trying uh-huh. to slow everything down, and that's why I, I felt more focused inside of the third day than I ever have, which is probably why folks use it in the spiritual sense to mm-hmm. get more focused, because you, you no longer have the desires of food and repetition um, and monotony every day, and it allows you to slow down and take a step back and reflect on the things that are actually important rather than just the stupid stuff like I'm hungry or there's a snack, I'm going to eat that. And it allows you to put your priorities in order and put your physical body below your spiritual soul, mm-hmm. which is an interesting thought. For, for me, I was making a bunch of excuses. Like right before the fast started, I was sick. So like right when the fast started, I was like, ah, I'm sick. I need to put some food in my body. And then I was working out every day. I was going to hockey practice. I was like, well, I have to eat then. I was convincing myself that, mm-hmm. uh, that fasting wasn't something that I could do with the lifestyle that I'm living right now. But I don't think that's true at all. I, I think I was being a big baby. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm the first one to admit I did not try as hard as I should have or could have. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it, like, if you think about it, fasting in itself is built into history like the before the agricultural agricultural innovation like like food readily available for everyone at any time anywhere mm-hmm. that's what hunter gatherers did they would fast and not eat anything or barely anything and then they would feast it was the fast and feast mindset that's <laughs> what they call it where it was we don't eat anything then the hunters come home we eat as much as we can for two days that we don't eat anything again until the next harvest. Hmm. And like, that's just, that's how the world was set up in before we decided, Oh, let's just make food readily available all the time and gorge ourselves. Government. Yeah. <laughs> let's get fat and lazy. Yeah. Um, but before you move on, I think that that's, um, the whole hunter gathering idea. I think that's interesting because, Fasting, I think, helps bring us back to our roots in the in the ancient idea of hunting, 
gathering, not having food, having to go out and kill our food. There's probably a lot of times that we had to go that we were hungry, stinking hungry. And I mean, that goes back to your survival instincts too and slowing your body down. And that's one of the reasons why I like backpacking so much mm-hmm. because you get into nature, you get away from everything that we do every day with laptops and computers and phones and all of these things that we always have access to that we get so used to using. But whenever you take all that stuff away, get out in the woods with a backpack, some gear, some knives and hunting too is another thing that could tie into this. It makes you feel at home and it makes you feel refreshed because that's natural to us. Phones, computers, laptops, um, Soundboards, I, I, yeah, I was microphones. Thinking, I was thinking about the other day. I have an ice maker in my fridge. Like, how obnoxiously comfortable is that? Like, it literally spits out ice whenever I want it. You know, like we live so comfortable. And whenever you get away from those things, the, what I'm saying is those things are not what is natural to us. What's natural to us is fire and water and trees and and everything that we were built with. Like Pastor Nick talked about today, we're literally built from dirt, mm-hmm. mud. And grime, and whenever we get into the woods, I feel at home and I feel refreshed in a sense because it's refreshing in a way like whenever you come home from vacation, every time I pull in the driveway, home again, home again, jiggity jig. What? <laughs> what is that? Don't you ever say that? I've never heard, Have you ever heard that. that, Thomas. It's from like a nursery rhyme. Yeah, my my mom used to say it all the time. Home again, home again, jiggity jig. I've net what? But but like think about it, like you're you're on vacation for a week and you come back home and it's like it's a brush of fresh air. It's refreshing, right? It's Whenever, very interesting that you say that though because well, it's the opposite for me. See, I don't feel that. As I, soon I as I as soon as I get back home from something like like our backpacking trip, as soon as I get back home from something like that, all the stress hits me again. Like, okay, world's back on. But there's something about having a home that you can call yours. That's comforting. Uh, fair. Yes, I agree with that. So that's 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 what I'm talking about. And I think that you can find that same idea with hunting, taking us back to our roots, backpacking, taking us back to our roots, and also um, fasting in a sense too. So yeah. that was something that obviously we had to struggle with. I mean, whenever probably towards the beginning part of civilization um, – in the Western expansion and stuff like that. I mean, you're hungry. There are times you went without eating. And I think that whenever we do that, it takes us back to our roots and makes us feel a little bit more at home in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there's obviously like Christian fasting, like we were talking about. And then there's multiple accounts of non-Christian people all over the world throughout history that were not fasting or were fasting. Sorry. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's very interesting when you take a look at it because some people are like, oh, these crazy Christians, they just don't eat and they're being dumb and starving themselves. But if you research fasting, uh, I have a quote here from Plato. I fast for greater and physical for greater physical and mental efficiency. So Plato is a awesome philosopher, mathematician, like people know who Plato is. He fasted because he liked it. Uh, what was that first guy's name? Uh, the guy that... Aristotle? No, the guy before him. Uh, there, there was another guy that... Hippocrates? Nope. Oh, no, no, that weird one that nobody knew how to spell. Yeah, so he... I can't remember who this was. It was a, It's a pretty well-known philosopher, but he, he spent his whole life trying to get into an Egyptian school because, like, Egyptian schools were, like, the best of the best. Pythagoras. Yep, that was him. It was Pythagoras. He tried to get into Egyptian schools because they were, like, the best of the best, and they wouldn't let him in and they said that he was too inexperienced and all kinds of stuff and then when they finally gave him a chance to get in they said you can apply for this school under one condition you need to do a 40 day fast and Pythagoras came back after the 40 day fast and he said you are not letting Pythagoras in this school I am a new man I'm a changed man and it like all of these old, what do you have? You have Hippocrates. You have his quote, don't you? Aristotle. No, it's Hippocrates. Oh, the the natural healing force within each one of us is the greatest force in getting well. To eat when you are sick is to feed your sickness. So, all of these Greek philosophers 
and all the people that people look up to for these types of things all were advocates of fasting and did it. And if you don't like those people, Ben Franklin (laughs) said the best of all medicine is resting and fasting. Like, all throughout history, fasting has been a thing. And it's so weird to me, and it, me myself, that we are indoctr- indoctrinated into thinking that fasting is a crazy thing when it's people did it all throughout history. Like, when you grow up, people are like, oh, shove food in your mouth, keep eating. You better finish that whole plate. You better keep eating it. Mm-hmm. It's like, but why do we not learn about fasting? Good question. It's just not the American norm. <laughs> Yeah, because we, we like to get fat and get diabetes. But, like, I, I just, it's something that is very interesting to me that it has never been taught. Mm-hmm. Like, we grew up in Christian schools where we learned the Bible every day. But when people talk about fasting, and I've known people did fasting my whole life, but no one ever taught me what it was or how to do it or why they did it. And it, it's just very interesting to me that we don't learn that. Mm-hmm. And why it's not more popular, too. Yeah, because if there are all these people throughout history that are advocates of the thing and say it's such a great thing to do, why did we stop doing it? Hmm. I think that there's a lot of things that I respect about America and the American culture, but there's a lot of things that we lost, too. A lot of things. Mm. And I think that a lot of times people especially Americans, like to put America up on a pedestal. Like everything that we do is great and awesome and courageous. And we have every, we have all of our act together and everybody else is stupid. But really, I think that there's a lot of things that we don't do that we lost. And one of those is our touch on spirituality, I think, too. But what was the thing that you shared with me about Abraham Lincoln? Um, <clears throat> Abe Lincoln, during the Civil War was the president obviously and he instituted a nationwide fast for all of the united states to tell everyone to pray and seek god and figure out how to end this war and like all the shops shut down all the restaurants shut down like it was a nationwide fast that our president instituted you would never even consider doing that nowadays I just think it's interesting that, interesting that we don't look back on our history. Like, we lost history. Because hmm. I love history. Same. But I don't, want to, I don't really want to repeat it, though. <laughs> That's why we need to know it. Like, it's pe- inevitable. History, history is just something that everyone overlooks. They're like, who cares what people did back then? They were stupid back then. It's like, they weren't, though. And then on to biblical fasting, I have two verses here, uh, Luke 4, 2 through 4. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the, from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. In those days he ate nothing, and afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. But Jesus answered him, saying, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. So, like, as Christians, we should probably fast because Jesus himself did it to seek God. Like, that has to, like, if we, if we think the Bible is the handbook to how to, like, live our lives and how to become better people, he lays it out flat. Like, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Like, Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. It's right there. And it's just interesting that most Christians just skim over that. They're like, yeah, we don't need fasting. We don't need to seek God any more than we already do. But I, I have another one, Exodus thirty-four twenty-eight. This This one is interesting to me because I read through the whole book of Exodus, but I did not actually pull this away. Exodus thirty four twenty eight. So he was there with the Lord, Moses. So he was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights. He neither ate bread nor drank water. And he wrote on the tablets the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. So, so he didn't eat or drink? For 40 days and 40 nights. That's, that Wait, is, that, that said 40 days and 40 nights. That right? is like the ultimate in 
spiritual nutrition because you can't go that long without water. Right. <laughs> yeah. How long can you go without water? What is it again? Like three days. Three days or something. <laughs> That's what science tells us. <clears throat> huh. So uh, another thing that it, I think that we should probably go over the what fasting actually means and why people do it. Because it's not just not eating. Mm-hmm. And this is something that you talked to me a little bit about before we got started, Jaden. But it's um, a lot more of a focus. It's it's getting your priorities in order and allocating time that would have been spent eating towards prayer. And fasting is just a diet or fasting is just starvation if you don't replace it. If you don't replace the time that you thought about eating or spent eating with some type of prayer or seeking something. And that's something that I didn't really realize before I got into it. Um, but I'm glad that you shared that with me because... Yeah, because if, if you're just not eating, then you're just starving yourself right. for no reason. But, but it, the biblical and Christian fasting, you, you replace the time that you would be eating with reading the Bible or praying or just seeking God in any way. And, and the way that a pastor would put it is you're putting your flesh aside mm-hmm. to seek the spirit. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a really important part of it because, like I said, we don't get taught fasting. So immediately you thought, I'm just going to not eat. Mm-hmm. But if you just didn't eat and then also didn't seek God or read the Bible, then you get nothing out of it. Mm-hmm. And that's why for the 21 days of prayer, it's we're fasting, but we're also meeting every night as a church congregation to pray together and worship together. Mm-hmm. So what? So so what's the point, or what do you get out of fasting specifically? With like with, with the church, what are some things that you saw? Um, because it was really cool. Because this wasn't just something that like Jaden and I did on our own. This was something that hundreds of people all over the country did. Right at the same time. It was it was one mind, one accord. At a very large scale. Right. Which puts everybody's mind and heartbeats in line. Especially if we're all dedicating specific, specifically dedicating a period of time to it. It's not everybody in their own. It's the entire body of Christ coming together and doing something together, moving forward together as one unit, not just separately. And there's something unique and powerful about everybody making that commitment and doing it at the same time that uh, really combines everything, which it, is cool. It's really cool to think about because when I was there the one night for prayer, I was standing in the corner of the sanctuary and I was praying and just reading some verses. And then it hit me. I mean, I don't want to say a vision because I, it wasn't, I wasn't like seeing anything. It was just like my imagination kicked in because I have ADHD and I can't focus on anything. But I started thinking about the, the church that I was standing in, the sanctuary that I was in with, there's probably like 30 people there. And all these people in the room are praying about something different. Might, there might be people praying about the same thing, whatever. But all of these people in the room have different lives, praying about different things, thinking about different things, have different things going on in their lives. Multiply that by a hundred. There's a hundred other churches doing the same exact thing with 30 other people in their sanctuary doing the same thing that we're doing. And I started visualizing all of those people in all of those sanctuaries at the same time doing it. And it was just so cool to think about in that way, like actually seeing the one mind, one accord that you read about. Mm -hmm. And I I just, I find it so fascinating, the the power in that, the, the things that like, people feel in that like one mind one accord mindset it's so cool yeah something that really hit me one day while i was driving to work this was um on the third day of my fast um was how i don't want to say how little faith i had in god but how small-minded my prayer was and what i mean by that is i had the same Thought. Did you really? I don't know if it was on the third day, but during the 21 days of prayer, I, it hit me the same way. I'll tell mine after you. Okay. I, I was, I, I pray oftentimes while I drive because you don't have anything better to do. And 
I found myself praying for small things that I know that God can do and not praying for things that are big things like cities and in towns and governments and I think that I hear people talk about praying for those things all the time but it's like what does that actually really do you know Mm -hmm. like what are we going to do pray for like our government officials and stuff like that And, and I had that epiphany like why why am I belittling God it's showing how small my faith is Really, in a sense, if if I if I th- if I only have faith that God can do the small things, how is how am I ever going to have faith in Him to do big things? Why am I why am I just praying over individual people and not praying over my towns, praying over the towns that I'm driving through, and praying over the businesses to flourish, and praying over the people walking up and down the streets to do well, and that God blesses them today? Why am I not praying for the big things, big towns, and big moves? Why am I just praying for little things in in thanking God for putting food on my table. Not that that stuff is important, but I think that it's important to think a lot bigger scale too because faith can move mountains. And that's what it tells us in the Bible, but that's that's not what I was praying for. I was only focusing on a small thing. So I try to expand my horizons in a sense too with prayer, and, and that's what fasting helped me do is sort of get a little bit more open-minded about that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, so for, for me specifically, and, and you kind of touched on it when you said, how long can you go without water? Three days is what we're told. Mm-hmm. But if we believe the Bible, Moses went 40 days without drinking anything. Right. Why are we believing that God can only do small things when, if God wanted to, I could go 100 days without water? Yeah. And so that, that hit me with specifically this project that we were doing with the hoodies and sending kids to camp. I was believing God for 20 orders. I was like, God, I want to hit 20. That's what I want. And then midway through, I don't remember what day it was, but Pastor Nick was talking about believing for more, like having great faith. And I was like, why am I believing for 20 orders? Mm-hmm. I, like, I believe for as many as God wants to put on the table. Mm-hmm. And my faith... I believe hindered what God can do because yeah. I was believing for 20, mm-hmm. but God could do 7,000 if he wanted. Right. And so I think, I think it's just, it's cool to, that we both kind of hit that. Why am I, if God is God and he is what we believe he is, like all of the things like omnipotent, omniscient, all the alms, um, if he is all of those things, he can do anything and everything at all times. So why am I saying, yeah, I can only get 20. Yeah, I can only go three days without water. I just, I think we've lost spirituality and faith and connection with God in those ways. I think it's, because I think, I think about stuff like that all the time, you know, in, in our prayer and, you know, kind of going back to what Matt was talking about, like being small minded and just like asking, you know, praying about the small things. And it's like, you know in your head that God can do anything, but you have a very, it's very difficult to believe in your heart mm-hmm. that it, that like, because I, I think that, you know, in my prayers, I'm like, I know that you can do that, but it's very, we'll, we'll put it that way, I knowing versus believing. I know that Good. you can, but like, will you actually? Yeah. And that, it's, it's, that's doubt, but it's hard to say that it's doubt. And I don't know how to move from the knowledge that God can do something to truly believing that he can. I think it's through relationship. Like that right there. Yeah, the sto- what, probably. Peter walking on water. Point. <laughs> With Peter? Paul? Peter. I get those two mixed up constantly. Peter walking on water. It's the same exact thing. He knows that God can do it because Jesus is literally doing it in front of his eyes. But then as soon as he stepped out on the water, he got scared. He was like, well, can I... When, can you let me do it? Like it's the same exact thing. And it, I think it's so funny because I have the same thought process you do where it's like, yeah, he can do it, but is he going to do it? Like, uh, he might not. But if we read the Bible, the handbook for how we should live, Peter, the story, the story of him walking on water is that exact situation. I know it's just, it's just very, 
And I think, Matt, you're probably right. The the better relationship that you develop there, the more you will be able to believe. And it's not that I don't, like, I want to believe. Mm -hmm. It's just hard to make that transition from only knowing that it can be done to believing that it will be. And then I think think also what's hard is whenever you do cross over to that point, believing that it will be done if it still doesn't happen— then you're like, well, then can it? And then like you, you kind of go back into that circle of, mm-hmm. well, did I truly believe in the first place? Were you were, you weren't with us for the David episode? No, I was not. We got into a very similar topic of God's answers of yes, no, and wait. Yeah. And how if you get that no, it's like, well, why? Like, what did I do? Like, wait, can it happen? Like. Yeah. What what's wrong yeah. here? But sometimes it's just the bigger picture plan that we're we don't know. Yeah, that we don't know. Yeah, I know. It's I don't know. That's just my view of the the topic, and it's impressive to see people that can believe like that. I, I'm jealous yeah. of people's faith on a daily basis. Jealous in the good way of like, man, I. I want to be better. I strive to have faith as you do. Hmm. Yeah. Well, one of the notes that I took through, and this ties directly in, which is actually why I um, mentioned relationship, because that's kind of where I was headed next. Um, and it's kind of ironic that that tied in pretty nicely. But, <laughs> um, God is good. So, there, <laughs> Amen. The, there's a, a difference between knowing God. All the time? <laughs> and all the time god is good <laughs> do you and, know what that is yeah okay <laughs> it's a song right i I, no, I don't it was just something that they always said in church when i was a kid like so like the pastor would say god is good the congregation would then say all the time and then the pastor would say all the time and the congregation would say god is good yeah it's a song you are good all the time <laughs> all the time god you are good that is yeah I, yeah, it is. Dude, people got to love my singing on here, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, so one of, the, one of the notes that I wrote here, um, this was actually in one of my drives. There's a difference between knowing God and having a relationship with him. And that's not mind-blowing. That's something we've talked about a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but those who are Christians all know God. And I know who he is. I know about him. I have knowledge of him by reading in the Bible and and studying and doing all the research that we do and YouTube videos and books and so on and so forth. But having a relationship with him is altogether different. And if you have, you can have one without the other, but for me specifically, it's kind of hard. And this means in a relationship would be more around us spending time with him and not just being in his word it's it's a difference um in a sense of like going to class and sitting in a classroom and learning and test taking and things like that but um if you put it in like a physician standpoint you can you can go through med school and you can learn about all uh, all the parts of the body and i don't even know anything about that stuff but i mean you can go and do all those things but if you don't actually put it into practice then what good is all of that knowledge and all of that learning and i i think that that's where the relationship standpoint comes in but i think it's important to keep a balance and what fasting made me realize was how far away from god i actually was and how unbalanced i was in that regard because we sit here at this freaking table almost every week and we learn and study and we we crunch words and we we try to learn as much as we can from each other and, and grasp more but what i think we're missing is building the relationship outside of that knowledge and i think that the knowledge is really important to know about and it helps us strengthen our faith but if we don't use that knowledge to help build our relationship and help foster that relationship then it's really not any good <laughs> and it's really useless too um and like I said, I think it's helpful, but that's that's one of my biggest takeaways from fasting. It made me realize how unbelievably unbalanced I was. And I mean, you feel good when you learn and have a, an epiphany. You feel good about what you learned, and it makes you feel more confident in your faith. But 
it doesn't make you feel more confident in your heart, which is probably more important. Mm-hmm. So something that I have been saying for a couple of years now, I don't remember where I heard it, but I heard it somewhere, not my original thought, is say you were in a grocery store and you'd never met your father before. You grew up in a single mom household and never met your father. And some dude is just in the middle of the store calling out your name. You don't recognize the voice, so you're not going to go towards the calling, right? It's the same way with the Holy Spirit. If you are not connected with God and connected with the Holy Spirit often and know what his voice sounds like, you're not going to know what he sounds like when he's actually calling you. Mm-hmm. And that, that comes with a relationship. You have to spend time and seek. Or when the time comes and God calls you to do what you're supposed to do, you're not going to know what his voice sounds like. Yeah. Absolutely. One of my other takeaways, um, there were like a, a handful of revelations and epiphanies I had. And the, what I just shared was one of them. But another one was that uh, I, I think that food um, is certainly an addiction. <laughs> and I think that may, maybe not for everybody, but, but L- in a little, sense. little Debbie addict over here. Yeah, I do love my little Debbies. <laughs> but um, in a sense, I, th- I think that it has us chained down because it's something, a calling that we always answer back to. Mm-hmm. I'm hungry. I'm going to eat. And we have the ability to go and eat. I mean, there's so much food sitting right behind us right now. Right, right. That's that's what I'm saying and and we're spoiled and we take that for granted a lot of times. So having that in front of us yet not indulging or listening to that call shows us that we have power to break those chains mm-hmm. and to show that that isn't something that controls us. So <clears throat> what I wrote in my notes <clears throat> Was that fasting breaks us free of chains and physical burdens that hold us back from reaching independence. It pushes away the physical boundaries and things that make us human. Food is what sustains us. If we take away our food that sustains us and seek the spirit, the body's still looking for ways for ways to find substance, for ways to continue to move forward and live on. And if we take away that substance, we take away a piece of what makes us human if we take away a piece of what makes us human, it allows us to further seek the spirit. And that ties directly in with um, one of the verses in the Bible. I don't know where it's at, but it talks about when one thing increases, another must decrease. And that ties directly back in with, like I was saying, finding that balance in a sense <clears throat> that is really unique. If we take away one of the things that sustains us, we have to have something else that sustains us. And I've said that, and I mean, I I know that that's something we've talked about in the past, but I don't think it actually really hit home and clicked with me um, until I actually did it. Because we talk about man can't live by bread alone, blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, we can say those things, and it sounds really cool. But in all honesty, you don't really know. You can say that, and it ties directly back in with knowing that but you can't feel it unless you actually do it. And then you can feel it in your heart. It's not just in your mind. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. <laughs> I concur. I, uh, I mean, like I said before, I, I'm disappointed in myself for my fast. I, I don't think I did good enough. Let's and, change it. Yeah, I want, I want to do it again. And Let's do it. One of the cool things that our church is doing is – Every Wednesday for the rest of this year is fast. We are fasting every Wednesday. And honestly, we didn't even bring this up, but fasting isn't just food. Yeah, good thought. You can fast addictions. You can fast watching TV. You can fast anything, like playing video games. Like, it's it's just voluntarily giving something up for something else and in in all honesty fasting doesn't even have to be a christian thing doesn't have to be a spiritual thing it is in most of history and that's what people use it for but you could fast to become a better person like you could fast tv and video games to go to the gym like that that's 
in its truest form what fasting is. Right. I think it puts you in the driver's seat. Um, again, back to the whole like breaking the chains thing. I think there's a lot of things that hold us back that control us because they call on us and we answer. And if we don't have to answer to that call, that's what gives us independence. Uh-huh. To not be controlled over those types of things, and <clears throat> whenever you can, whenever you can break some of those chains, it makes you feel better about yourself and more confident. And I think that's what helps you find yourself, in a sense too. And now that's starting to sound cheesy and tacky, but hopefully, I mean, <laughs> you get what I'm saying. Um, <clears throat> so we aren't just a product of those callings, but we make the we we call the shots. Yeah. At the end of the day. I mean, that goes back to what the ancient Egyptians thought. Uh, fasting strengthens self-control and helps control temptation. It, the, you are willingly giving up something that you, like, okay, back to food, but you are willingly giving up something you need to survive. That's some serious self-control. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just... That in itself taught me that I have very low self-control because I sucked at my fast. I was like, oh, I need to eat. Oh, I need to eat. Did you ever do um, a, a dopamine fast? Yeah, I've done it with you before, yeah. I, I deleted all the social media off my phone. I never went back. I did because I have to run a social media page for this right, podcast. Right, But then I ended up getting my own accounts back. Right. But – I can. I really, really enjoyed it. Now I don't hardly use. I mean, I use Facebook every now and then, um, but I. I do it to myself, uh, not every morning, but a lot of mornings. Because like the first, the fir- your first instinct when you wake up is grab the phone, check texts. Mine's checking my email. It's yeah. so bad. Dude. So that that's it's your first so instinct. There, I try like it, when I wake up every once in a while, I will grab my phone, check if there's any important texts. And then I'll put it down and I'll go take a shower, make some breakfast and start my day without looking at my phone yeah. because it's just, it's a, it's a very small step of self-discipline where it's like, I don't need this dopamine right now. Yeah. And I, I could be using my time in a better way. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, I do that. I do that really bad, actually. What? As soon as you get up, check, oh, yeah. check my emails. I mean, I do it too. I'm in the bathroom getting ready. I'm like scrolling through stupid Snapchat videos and stuff. Part that of stuff soap. Yeah, I've I. <laughs> so so I challenge you to do that with me then. Yeah, all right, let's do it. Like every time you wake up and you think about it, because there are days where you won't think about it and you're like, I gotta answer these emails. But every time you think about it, put the phone down and actually get your day started. Yeah. Even though yours is probably checking emails actually starting your day anyway. Yeah. yeah. But you start getting a better routine of, okay, I'm going to get up, get a shower, brush my teeth, get dressed. Then I'm going to check my emails. Hmm. Chug a bottle of water too. Yeah. <laughs> Chug a bottle Hydration of water. Hydration is key. Chug a bottle of water before bed and as soon as you wake up. Um, like no, that. yeah, I, I try and – I try. Like obviously – I'm, I got the hiccups. Obviously, I fail. Like I, I, I'm not perfect. I don't always do this. But life's so hard, though, man. Every time that I think about it, I throw my phone across the room. Yeah. The, another thing was that I, I did when I was in college, so that I could study, was I would turn my phone off and plug it in on the other side of the room, and then I would sit in the opposite corner and do my schoolwork. Which I still had a computer in front of me, so it was difficult. But I got rid of the phone. Hmm. But it's just stuff like that where it's like, oh, I need to spend time with my family right now. Put the phone on the other side of the room. Like just just small things where it's like I don't need that dopamine right now. Dude, it's so bad. Yeah, it, the, 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 the phone thing's so bad, man. At in this, probably since what. When did the first iPhone come out? Like 2005, 2008? I don't even know. I think it was 2008. But since iPhones and smartphones came out, humans have become addicted to this unhealthy level of dopamine. 
of just gorging ourselves with dopamine at all times. And it's bad because then when you don't receive that dopamine, the, like you get depressed or you get anxious about like, oh, I need, I need to check my phone. I need, I need to make sure no one texted me. I need, yeah. Are you the type of person where on Snapchat – before yeah, before yes. before the, like how snapchat is now like snapchat in the olden days where like it, it wasn't the discover page and all that crap and it was just the people you follow in their stories yeah were yeah. you the person that had to click through all of them to clear it yeah i still am <laughs> i yeah i i've gotten better at it and i don't have to clear them all now because i have too many friends on snapchat that i don't care about looking at their stories but i it, it i used to be the person where i had to click on every story and clear the page it wasn't even that I was I cared about what they what I saw. It was just that I needed the dopamine of finishing it. Yeah, makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. That's the way a lot of like video games and stuff are designed too, um, with like checkpoints. Yep. I was just talking to someone about that. All of the checkpoints inside of video games are literally designed to keep you hooked. And the person I was hangers. yeah the person I was the person I was talking with he said um, I hated the video game. But I loved the feeling that it gave me whenever I'd reach those checkpoints to the point where, like, I would play it and I'd throw my computer down as soon as I would hit those checkpoints. And then I'd, like, just hate myself. I hated the game so much. But, like, it felt I've, so good. To I've done that. that. Have you? Yeah. See, I'm, I was never, like, a big video game person, so I don't really know. But, <laughs> but yeah, dude, that's just so awful. Like, you're <laughs> – Think about how much control that has over you. It's was, like you're forcing yourself to do something you don't even want to do just for a feeling. There's a game you know? that just came out that is just like that's it, addiction. It's an whatever. okay game. It's mm-hmm. not that fun, but it the the mission system of like finish this mission, finish this mission, finish this mission yeah. was so good that I played the game by myself for six hours. Mm-hmm. I don't play video games by myself because i think it's stupid and it's boring Mm -hmm. the only reason i play video games is to talk to people and play with friends Mm -hmm. i played that game by myself for six hours (laughs) and then i I turned it off and i haven't touched it since yeah and that's what is just ingrained in our culture and that's what's fun that's what's bad yeah it's so bad it's so bad do you know something very interesting this is kind of off topic but social media Mm mm-hmm I saw a thing the other day about TikTok, right? You remember when remember when Trump tried to ban TikTok in the United States and everyone flipped out? Yeah, yeah. The reason he was doing that was because China controls TikTok, right? Yeah. If you go on your For You page on TikTok, it's stupid people dancing. Just like crap stuff that you see on your page that's just dumb. Yeah. And in China, they control your algorithm for your area right Mm -hmm. in china if you have tiktok they pump out educational stuff like engineering videos and biology videos and stuff like that onto people's for you page but on our for you page it's the stupid stuff and the the dances and the i can blow a bubble out of my butt videos (laughs) and the guy was saying it and he was like if you wanted to institute a type of warfare, would that not be it? Yeah. Like, make your enemy just dumb. Yeah. But strengthen your own people. And I'm not saying it's true. I don't know any facts about it. But I thought it was very interesting. He was like, we have weapons that can kill everyone on the entire planet. It's different warfare nowadays. Take us over through pleasure, not pain. Yeah. And I was like, dang, that's true. I should delete TikTok. Yeah. But... Breaking those changes, the reason that I never went back to my Instagram specifically, because Instagram's really, really bad too. You know, what's jacked up is they changed around the algorithm and stuff, so it wasn't actually by um, when it was posted yeah, and all that. Yeah, like, what is it's that? just crap now. Be- because you could scroll and you could hit that checkpoint to where, hey, you're all caught up, and then you're done. It's not that anymore. Yeah, yep. no. You can scroll and scroll and scroll yeah, and scroll was, and still see new stuff. I hated stuff. when they changed So they literally lock, lock you in. It's just awful, man. See, one thing, that the reason I didn't delete Instagram is because I went through all my followers and I purged everything. If I didn't know you or have the ability to talk to you in person within the next week, you were deleted off my Instagram. See, I did that because I used to follow a lot of bands. Yeah, same. Like back in back in high school, like if you scrolled through the pages that I followed, it was mostly like bands or people from those bands. Mm-hmm. 
But then I went, I did one of those. I went through and I unfollowed all but like, I think I follow like five bands now. And then I started watching UFC and now all I follow is UFC <laughs> fighters. Yeah, I mean, my entire Instagram is people I know or the things that I'm very interested yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. So it's a lot of, it's a lot of like gun pages. Yeah. And stuff. Well, not mine. I mean, I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying mine. Mine's a lot of car pages. Yeah. <laughs> you guys want to run a dopamine fast on social medias? But, uh, Except for Calm and Chaos? Sure. Except for running this project yeah. and making other people uh, subscribe to our dopamine? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Can we cut that out? <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Because us having a social media page, which is something you have to do to run a business nowadays, is giving the people dopamine. You know, it was actually really funny. I texted in our group chat and I was like, would someone please make a post about the hoodies like last week or something? I did that. And you did it, but I forgot that I asked you and I was scrolling through Instagram before I went to bed that night and a photo of me popped up and I was I was in the photo. I don't remember what it was. And I looked at it and I was like, oh, that's interesting. Then I scrolled past and I was like, wait a second. And I scrolled back and I was like, oh, this is our pay. Oh, we did this. And then I was like, oh, this is sick. <laughs> but like it was just the initial like interesting kept going like yeah I like you're not even, even thinking i wasn't even thinking about it and yeah. then i realized and i was like oh that's wait hold on that's me so you're not even trying to learn or find something you're yeah. literally just getting that yes. hit <laughs> it, each finger swipe is a hit of dopamine uh, and then when it hit me i was like okay i'm closing the app now <laughs> Yeah, I get, I get, I get caught in that kind of stuff all the time. Cause I'll be like, I'll, I'll be scrolling through, looking at stuff, looking at stuff, and there's like a few that uh, you just like scroll through, and then there's one that you're like, oh, that's kind of cool, and you keep scrolling, and you're like, wait, I actually want to know what they were saying. And yes, you go all yeah. the way back yeah. up to find it. I've I, see, I've gotten into a healthy um, routine of that now with YouTube, where probably for the past month I haven't watched the crap dopamine YouTube that I usually watch. It has been all car videos and how to like fix cars in different ways, and like it's it's giving me the dopamine, but I'm also learning. Mm-hmm. Like I, that, I've gotten into a rhythm with that where I'm I'm happy with it. That's I'm I'm trying to get into that again because I that's the way that it used to be, and then it just kind of fell off, and then, yeah, I'm, I've started getting back into that mm-hmm. that phase again. Yeah. I, I just I really enjoy cars right now. Maybe it's because it's winter and I want to work on my car, but then as soon as summer hits and I actually get to work on my car, I'll realize how much I hate my car. <laughs> you just need to talk to Carter. Oh, he does. We should cars, get Carter. He? We should get Carter on here to talk yeah, about cars. Okay. I'll talk to Carter. Yeah. Yeah, but bottom line is there's a whole lot of stuff that got us. It's like easy. It it's easy yeah, so because it's right here on this stupid freaking box. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you can't leave the house without it. I, I, if I didn't need emails on my phone, I would probably flip back to a flip phone. Really? I considered doing that for a long time. I think I would do it. But, but also, females kind of make me have a smartphone too. Because, like, she gets mad at me if I don't have, like, Snapchat or something. I'm I'm down to purge Snapchat for a short period of time. Well, Snapchat's hard because like it's the main, only way I can text people. That's, I know, that's my but main it's so way. bad, man. I see. I've I stopped myself. Should, what we should do is we should, if if you want to do something like that, ditch Snapchat and get like WhatsApp or something. Yeah, that's only like a communication app instead of just using the picture. Crap. <laughs> yeah, but say say you meet someone out somewhere and you're like oh yeah i I really would like to connect that person and you're like don't really want to give you my phone number what's your whatsapp and they're like what the heck is a whatsapp i mean a lot of people do use it in other it's a very popular thing in other countries i don't hear about it in the united states very often i had it for a while um and then i got tired of the notifications that i was getting Mm -hmm. from a group of people i just i for snapchat i just stopped myself from scrolling to the right like going over to the stories page yeah i i check my notifications and then i'm out uh yeah that's my problem because it's, it's, it's my difficult. because snapchat it's is my texting app same i i don't go to snapchat hey, which for they, 
which why does it have to be that way, man? Because I have green bubbles and you won't text me. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'll explain to you exactly why it has to be that way. I will okay, read okay, your text. Okay, 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 okay. I will read your text to me from a couple weeks ago. Do we need to put the explicit warning out? <laughs> mm. Come on, where is it? Wow, we text a lot. Oh, okay, here it is. Um, I was texting you about our uh, photo shoot day. And I wanted to text you because it was in the middle of the day and you don't check Snapchat during the day. And so I text you and you said, don't ever text me again. Snapchat only for you, you green bubble freak. <laughs> uh, uh, boy. Okay. You're the problem. <laughs> Can we cut that part out too? <laughs> it's you. I would absolutely text everyone if you weren't the blue bubble Nazi. Just get an iPhone, man. Yeah, you want to pay for it? No. <laughs> yeah. But um, anyhow, back tying this back into fasting. Um, I think it's important to take a step away from anything that is monotonous. Yeah. Because we start to do things. That, um, I think that everything that we should do should be with a purpose. And if it's not with a purpose, then... All we're doing is following orders and answering to those callings that we're talking about, you know. Yeah. Um, and that's another thing that fasting made me realize how good food is, man. <laughs> food is so, so good. I know. You I don't, don't like food. Yeah, well, you're a freak. I'm not a... Go three days without eating. I'm not an eat-for-pleasure person. Just go two days without eating. I did Yeah, it. but dude, it's, it's so good to have substance in your mouth. But to as like normal day for Jaden is one meal a day. Yeah, I guess. Like I, I'm an eat for sustenance person as is. Yeah. I think your wife's at the front door. Probably. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of how I roll too. Is like, um, or I mean that's I mean that's not how I really roll. Like to me, food is like an experience. And answer it. I, and, and I and I really really enjoy it, um, but whenever you take it away for like that period of time, and actually sit down and eat, it makes you realize how good food actually is. And every not not every meal after that now, but a lot of meals now after that, maybe for I don't know four or five days after that, every time that I would sit down and eat. It was so, so good, and I really, really looked forward to it. And that made me realize how tight of a grip that had on me. Mm -hmm. it's, not, it's not just like, hey, I'm just trying to get substance. It was indulgence. You, but you did that after your training, too. Yeah, yeah, that was bad. We talked about that on a past episode. Yeah, yeah, we did. Um, but I think you got anything else no, to say? No, that's pretty, that's pretty much it. Um, I think that we should try another fast. I'm down to do I, I also am. I'm down to dopamine fast. Um, I think everyone out there should also try a dopamine fast because it, it's it's uh, important to let go of those things. Um, but I just kind of I want to plug me and Matt's life group for a second. Um, yeah. At our church, they do these things called life groups. They're like small groups. Um, but me and Matt are having a life group called can i ask that question that's gonna definitely be on the podcast yeah we'll, we'll talk about the stuff we talk about on the podcast and i, I kind of want to make it a podcast segment because it's a really cool like i don't know just can i ask that question is very interesting to me and it, it for our life group we're kind of just going over questions as a christian like can i ask that and if you would like to sign up or you would like to join us you can go to ghow.com net jihow.net mm -hmm. slash life groups um, and sign up for can I ask that question and uh, we'll be meeting every Friday at 7? 6. 6 p.m. and uh, if you sign up you can get the address and stuff I'm not going to say that out here. It's it's an eight week program 
Um, there's eight questions in the book that we're going to be covering. If you just want to get the book because you're interested, um, it's called Can I Ask That? Um, the book is it. called that? Yep. Oh, it's, I know um, that. You can buy it on Amazon. Questions, can I trust the Bible? Does the Bible contradict itself? Can I be a Christian and believe in evolution? Does God discriminate against women? Is Jesus really the only way to God? What does the Bible say about being gay? Does God endorse violence? How can I follow a God who would let Christians do such bad things? So those are the eight questions we will be going over within the next eight weeks. If you would like to just get the book yourself and do it yourself, you can. But if you would like to join with us, you can go to ghow.net slash life groups and sign up for our life group. And me and Matt will be there with you talking about this stuff, trying to figure it out with you. So go ahead, sign up. Uh, if you are listening to this on February 7th, 2022, today's your last day. Go buy a hoodie. Send some kids to camp. Um, follow us on Instagram and actually just go to our website, thecommonchaosproject.com, and you can see all of our uh, uh, social media and stuff like that there, even though we just told you to fast social media. Go follow us on social media. <laughs> Um, We're so contradictory. I, I, I want to point out that there are a lot of guys that say that kind of stuff. Like that, I took the the two day course from Rune Nation, and he says that I see stuff like that on his Instagram story almost every day. Social media sucks, mm -hmm. but I have to have this because I own my own business, and if I don't have this, then nobody will hear about me. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so follow us. And that's it. Thanks for listening to the Comic Cast Project, episode 51. See you next time. Bye, everybody.